Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm hanging out with uh, my good buddy, Mr. Adam Long. Adam from Focus Newspaper. You can uh, find uh, more stuff about Adam at focusnewspaper.com, and uh, you can always check us out anytime at WGWG.org. And uh, by going there, you can click on our uh, on-demand programming, and you can find Cinema Scene there. That'll take you to uh, all of our archive stuff uh, on SoundCloud.com. Also, uh, these shows are loaded to iTunes as well. And if you want to just interact with us talking about movies, go to Facebook.com and search for Cinema Scene, Noel Manning, and Adam Long, and uh, you can hang out and spend some time talking to us and sharing your thoughts on how you feel uh, how you feel about the way we feel about movies. How about that, Adam? How are you, man? There you go. Good enough. Works good. for me. Very good. Very good. Well, I'll tell you, man, uh, a big weekend this weekend at the box office. Uh, I think we've got five films in wide release, and some of them are in very wide release. Some of them are in uh, kind of limited wide is how we'll describe it, uh, the 500-plus mm-hmm. uh, theaters. Um, and um, actually, four, they're four in wide release. Uh, we'll talk about those this weekend, and we'll also talk about last weekend's top three at the box office, and that's really probably all we're going to have time to talk about today. Uh, for folks who have never listened to this show, we do talk movies, and uh, it varies, man, from week to week. Sometimes we, uh, we do cover reviews of, of what's out there and what's going to be out there this weekend. Sometimes we'll have uh, filmmakers. We'll do interviews with filmmakers. Uh, sometimes we'll pick a hot topic. So uh, you never really know exactly what you're going to get, but what you do know is you're going to get uh, fun-loving movie-related topics right here on Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. Uh, we've been talking movies here on Cinema Scene since 1999. Um, Adam and I have been doing this together for a few years now, uh, and Adam keeps up with, I think, to the very day. So, so how many days have we been doing this, or how many years have we been doing well, this together, me and you? Don't know about the day, but uh, uh, I know that we've been doing it since November of 2011. So we're, right. we're entering, we're we're about to celebrate our fourth anniversary. All so right, we, all right, four four years together uh, talking movies, and, and and there's some weeks that uh, that you and I don't get a chance to do it, but I'll have a filmmaker on or a a TV, sometimes a, a TV uh, TV actor or a producer on. Last mm-hmm. week we had. Um, we had uh, one of the producers from uh, showrunners also from uh, from MythBusters uh, talking about that and with an encore presentation. So, but each week we do talk something relating to cinema or entertainment, and uh, you can find that every week at live at six p.m. on Friday nights uh, and on demand anytime. Um, so, man, this week, Adam, man, uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, let's look at uh, last weekend's uh, box office. Results will go uh, from three up to one. Normally we'll do a top five, but uh, because we've got so much to talk about this week, we're just doing the top three. Uh, War Room continues to, to hold strong uh, in the top five. Um, you know, $3 million budget. This film's brought in over $40 million at the box office. It was number three last week, uh, top three for three consecutive weeks. Not too shabby for a film that's really got a very focused audience. Uh, War Room uh, at number three last weekend. Uh, with a $7.7 million at the box office. The Visit, M. Night Shyamalan back uh, in the top five with The Visit uh, at $25.4 million, and The Perfect Guy at $25.8, just beating out uh, M. Night Shyamalan by just uh, really about half a million dollars at number uh, number one at the box office. And uh, we'll start, I'll tell you what, let me do uh, my quick uh, review of The War Room 
and then we'll dive into the visit and let you share your thoughts. Then I'll share mine as well on this M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Uh, War Room, it's really a story about the power of prayer, the challenges of life, really with and without God in one's life. Uh, struggles, challenges may still be there, but there's something compelling about the resource of God's presence. That's the story. Uh, Alex and Stephen Kendrick, uh, these guys have brought together several films um, all focused for the uh, church audience, for Christians. It's really not uh, not for anything, anything beyond that for, ch- for church uh, Christians. And there are some outreach components to it as well, but it's really, uh, really they do films for the church. Now, for the most part, they shot their films in the Atlanta area, but with this film, uh, they teamed up with a friend of mine, actually, Gary Wheeler uh, from Davidson, and they uh, brought this film uh, to Charlotte and shot it in and around the Charlotte area, um, so it's the first time they've done this uh, and actually done it out, uh, out of the confines of their church. Um, it's, uh, these guys have brought successful films to the box office before with films like Fireproof and Courageous, but this one is by far the most polished. It's the, the most well-written and the most active of the team's films. Uh, to be in the top three uh, for three consecutive weeks of the box office says that it has some kind of audience. You know, in recent years, we have seen uh, the faith-based films have been finding their audiences. Uh, and I think really as long as audiences exist, films like this are going are gonna to find, uh, find a place. Um, but what's going to happen if, if you're going to find a way for these kind of films to reach beyond the church-based audiences, you've got to find ways to have stronger scripts, production quality, and acting. And uh, the Kendrick brothers have been able to do that with this film. It's con- they've continued to get stronger. So... Uh, as more and more of these films hit the mainstream, uh, that you may find them doing doing well for a, a few weeks here and there, and you may find those that are that gem, like the War Room, uh, that will kind of uh, find a way to hold beyond that that first week. And in the War Room, they're going to add, I think, 500 more screens. So uh, TriStar uh, has, has realized, wow, okay, there there is something here. So we may be seeing other films like this. Uh, pop up, uh, especially ones that are going after a, a very particular audience, and there's really nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, movies that, that are uh, that are horror-based films, they're going at a very particular audience as well, and so I don't think, think there's anything wrong with having a film that reaches a very particular audience. And if you know what that audience is, and you know it can find success, then then by all means, go after it. Uh, comparing this to other films the like, and also with the resources available with a $3 million budget, I'm giving this film uh, an A-. minus. So uh, War Room, uh, still in theaters and uh, still holding strong. Uh, we had another faith-based film last weekend at the box office that did not do so well. We've got another faith-based film uh, opening in theaters this weekend. Now this faith-based film, um, Captive, which I'll talk about a little bit later, uh, really goes after much more than just the church audience. So I'll... I'll uh, I'll share a little bit more about that later. Uh, sure. M. Night, I'm sorry, go ahead, buddy. I said sure, absolutely. Yep. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit uh, hit screens last weekend. M. Night Shyamalan, uh, you and I both uh, introduced to him with, as well with a lot of other people uh, back with another August release film called The Sixth Sense with uh, Haley Joel Osment and, um, and Bruce Willis. Uh, a few years ago, what are we talking about, 15, 16 years ago now? 16 um, years ago, which uh, that, actually that was his third film, which right. most people fail to remember that The Sixth Sense was actually his third time out of the gate. But but, <laughs> anyway. but it was the it was the it really a, the breakthrough, uh, the breakthrough was, film for him. Uh, but it was the one that really uh, got his name uh, got his name out there, and uh, a lot of people uh, got a chance to, to notice what he was capable of now. 
if, yeah. if you want to go back and look at uh, some interesting things, he also wrote the uh, screenplay for Stuart Little. Not a lot of people know about that either. So, uh, you know, Shyamalan um, is not a – he understands children, understands fairy tales, understands horror, but uh, he's not yeah. had the, the greatest success in recent years. So let's get your thoughts on uh, Shyamalan's The Visit, and I'll share my thoughts as well. Well, I, I'm glad you brought up Stuart Little. I will say, as an aside, it wouldn't it have been interesting if uh, we, they had found out that uh, Stuart Little was a ghost at the end of that film. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, I felt like the visit is definitely a return to form for Shyamalan. He was floating around in the science fiction pool with the last two films, the big budget science fiction pool, with The Last Airbender and... Uh, after Earth, which clearly he's out of his element with those big-budget sci-fi films. That's just not what he's good at. Um, that's not what he, his claim to fame was, and it certainly just it, it never felt right to me anyway. And the box office results, I think, will uh, <laughs> validate my feelings. But uh, And those films, too, were megaton bombs, which the ashes are still being sifted through, I think, uh, by probably the um, financial officers at those uh, studios that bankroll <laughs> any role anyway uh, the visit is uh, uh, like I said a good a good return to form it's a found footage film first time he's ever done the found footage thing uh, and that's a, it's a, I was curious to see what he would do with the found footage format which is all the rage these days but you know it's interesting to note that the found footage Thing came the first mainstream found footage film was the Blair Witch Project, which right. debuted about the same time that the the Sixth Sense did as well. Yeah, yeah. So here we are, 16 years later, and he's uh, he's 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 attempting this, and uh, it, you know it's a story about these kids that go to visit their grandparents. They've never met the grandparents, and uh, it sounds like a ridiculous premise, you know, all kids that have never met their grandparents. But you can kind of buy into it during the first act. Um, the mom explains to the that she breaks the fourth wall as they normally do in these films. She's talking directly to the audience, letting us know that uh, she's sending her kids to visit her parents and that she basically left home at a young age and didn't get along with her parents during her teenage years. We kind of buy into that. But then they get there and things get stranger and stranger and more strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, and and really, the scariest things, I guess, in this film are diaper rash and incontinence. Yes. Because uh, the grandfather collects his soiled diapers in the basement. Uh, so if that if that makes you, if that scares you, uh, that's gonna you know there there you go. Yeah. I, but, I, let me let me let me dive in right here. Let me just say I'm glad yeah, that this yeah. I, I'm glad this movie didn't have smell o vision because um, exactly yeah because like that the old, uh, John Waters polyester <laughs> you remember years ago. Oh yeah. So th- that uh, would have been really bad. The soiled diapers in the basement that would have not been a fun thing to smell yeah scent of a mystery you remember back in the 60s they have one called scent of a mystery well yes. that would have been <laughs> oh that yeah would have been something but anyway I'm, I'm digressing go, go on no good go ahead buddy i just had to interject there <laughs> that's good that's a good one that's yeah. a good one now but uh you know it, it is kind of it's 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 kind of creepy and disturbing for about the first act and then yeah. of course the grandmother, she howls at the moon uh, as soon as the sun as soon as the sun goes down. Right, right. So you got her clawing at the walls, yeah. and uh, you know you just kind of want to literally throw her a bone as if she were a dog or something to shut her up, so the kids can yeah, get yeah. To, to sleep. 
And then there's a twist during the final act. Things keep getting stranger and stranger until there's the big twist that right. John Milan's known for. And I think probably most people are going to see it coming. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I, I, I wasn't 100% sure, but I, I kind of had a pretty good inkling yeah. where it was going. And, and, uh, you, you know, there's, there's a, there's a pretty decent finish. And then the film has this really strange coda at the end. This really, this, they tack on this ending that the rest of the film is supposed to be suspenseful and scary. And then there's this nice family moment at the end of the movie, which is tonally, totally out of sync with the rest of the yeah, film, which absolutely. really was weird. Yeah. And so, having said all of that, it's just the movie is kind of all over the place, and especially, like I said at the end, when when the tone shifts so jarringly, there's not really a, a smooth transition. I, he could have done without that. That that coda was totally unnecessary. So anyway, I'm going to give it a, a a C plus. I'll be generous. There are a few jolts here and there, but it's. It's not the return to form that we had hoped for from uh, Shyamalan. So yeah, I'm, that's my take on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. The uh, the word disconjointed showed up in my review uh, several times. Um, you know, I, 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 he did bring you know what he's brought here is he's brought Hansel and Gretel meets Blair Witch. You know, a strip, yeah. stripped down fairy tale complete with dark woods. You know, creaking wood floors, freaky characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, being uh, forcing the granddaughter to get into the oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what? You know, he uh, Shyamalan loves using children as a protagonist for his films. He does so again here. Um, but the overused uh, found footage, you know, we, we talk about this is 16 years old. You know, talking about going back to Blair Witch. Yeah. I, I'm getting really kind of tired of it unless you can find a way to do something different with it. And I haven't found anybody that's really been able to do anything different with it. Um, but it is quite inexpensive. So, uh, you know, it's going to make money if people go see it for that opening weekend. Um, you know, children, once again, as in many fairy tales, you know, have to find ways to overcome evil uh, and menacing conflicts and characters as we see uh, in this kind of modern-day fairy tale, the Shyamalan fashion. Um, there were some canned scares. Um, of course, you mentioned the, the Shyamalanian twist. And there were some yeah. laughs. I, I did find myself laughing a few times, um, but overall, I did find the story predictable. It was creative. There were some creative elements to it, but I did find it predictable. But I, I still couldn't really get away from kind of the tired and, and overuse of the found footage. And uh, it was fun at times, but that, that element of it just, just really kind of took me down a, a notch or two. Uh, I, I do feel that Shyamalan's still got that creativity. And uh, I only wish we could find ways that he could kind of recreate that lightning that we know he has. Um, or in, in, here's one, in my review or I said, or at the very least, at least some more thunder. You know, even if I don't have the lightning, I wish there was more thunder. Uh, I, too, gave this yeah. movie a C plus. Um, it, it wasn't horrible. It, it, it wasn't great. Uh, I'm glad I saw it. But uh, is it one that I think I'm going to go back to again and again and again? And, and the answer to that is no. Um, but uh, but the visit uh, a C plus from me, uh, but disconjointed was something that that really did uh, kind of shine through. It it was all over the place as you mentioned as well. So I'm right there with you on the visit by M Night Shyamalan. You also gave that one uh, a C plus. C plus, yeah. All right Same for those uh, for those listening, uh, this is Cinema Scene on uh, Gardner <laughs> Webb University Radio WGWG.org. I'm Noel T Manning the uh, second, and that is Adam Long, and we're uh, talking movies. Uh, we've reviewed the visit. Uh, and also uh, The War Room. And uh, next, let's uh, dive in and talk about another film. Uh, actually, this one's opening this weekend, uh, Black Mass, uh, Johnny Depp. Yes, Black Mass. Well, I um, had really big hopes on this film. I 
You know, the Whitey Bulger story has been making the headlines for the last, I don't know, what, four or five years since they caught him in 2011, so I guess about four years. And they've talked about, you know, oh, there's, there's going to be a Whitey Bulger movie, and so I, I couldn't couldn't wait for it, really excited. And and I have to say I was a bit disappointed with this film, um, and I really didn't want to be. It's Is it a terrible film? No, it's not a terrible film, but I, I heard one of our fellow critics referring to it, and uh, in this light, he said it's the son of the departed, which yeah. is a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, I'll give that to the you. departed light. And that's kind of the way I feel about it. It's, you know, the departed, the Jack Nicholson character is, is based on Whitey Bulger in that film, and that this film just doesn't have the sense of style or the, the dazzling rhythms that we've come to. I think we've been spoiled by seeing too many Scorsese mobster yep. pictures. I yep. think that's I think part of the right. problem. I agree. Been, you know, especially people of the generation of, of, of yours and mine, we grew up with, you know, Goodfellas and Mean Streets and uh, Casino and all of these great films. And then later on, uh, you know, of course, the Godfather trilogy. And then later on, we, we had even the Johnny Depp uh, film, Donnie Brasco. So... These are all films that are infinitely better than Black Mass. It just it felt a little warmed over to me, and uh, it felt like a, and the first hour of the film was very choppy. It starts in 1975. That's where the film kicks off, and it um, basically and it goes through all of the uh, the, the uh, Bulger's rise to power essentially as he literally climbs over the victims. Uh, his, his criminal victims. He climbs over their bodies to rise to the top while also uh, playing both sides of the card. Of course, he manages to get connected to uh, the Boston uh, police and the FBI and, as an informant. And his brother, of course, has is, is politically connected in Boston as well, so that certainly helps matters. And uh, so, so basically he's rising up the ranks as a criminal while getting protected by the police, and the information he's giving them is dubious at best, uh, and there's constant complaining that they're not really getting the information that they should be getting for protection of him. But anyway, uh, I felt like the first hour of the film was just kind of a greatest hits collection of, it's like, well, he did this, and he did this, and he did this, but you don't, you didn't, it was just felt choppy. It felt like parts of it were left out. Second hour of the film was a little bit better. Uh, the performance is of Johnny Depp as Whitey Bulger is the best thing in the film, and the supporting performances. There's a great cast of people like Adam Scott and Kevin Bacon and um, Joel Egerton, of course, and uh, Dakota Johnson, just all kinds of actors that turn up in smaller roles that, you know, it's it's a very well-cast film, but I don't know, it just didn't really cohese to me, uh, co so here, maybe I don't know. If that's exactly the word it, I'm it, it didn't for. come together for you. Did not come together. That didn't gel. There we go. All right, there bad. you go. I'm having the old man syndrome here. It's all right, but, man. Uh, anyway, it did did not really gel for me. It's it's a good film for the performance, but story wise, it just felt like a little bit like I've seen it before and yep. done a little bit better. Yep. Scott Cooper is the director. He directed Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges a couple of years and Out of the Furnace, and he just doesn't really have a visual style. Uh, that the the visual style of say a Coppola or a Scorsese and what they could have done with this material is just you can only imagine. So, right. Anyway, I, I'm going to give it a B minus. Not a terrible film, of course, but uh, not the film that I'd hoped for. So. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I kept hearing the uh, the song 
come together by the Beatles just you know playing in my mind hoping that this yeah. thing would would come together it didn't but you know Johnny Depp did shine um he's great it, it's a, it's a role that's really typically kind of different from what we we've seen of Depp in the past we know he's a good actor we've seen we've seen how well he can act but this is something a, a bit different from him um you know he brings this character that in many ways seems kind of familiar because we've kind of seen these kind of characters before but he finds a way to make it a little original. Um, to me, he is the thing that really holds the movie together from completely falling apart. Uh, you know, most mob movies you find kind of the typical rise fall uh, of, of, a, of a mobster that kind of meets with tragic ends, all that kind of wrapped up in this twisted search for the American dream by any means necessary. This one was a bit different. I mean, this one, it's really, you see Depp's character focused on power for the sake of power. And in many ways, that kind of reminded me of Heath Ledger's Joker who you know just basically served up violence and mayhem just for the sake of it, and that was I found some similarities there. Um, the best part of this true crime story was Depp, um, and, and because of him, I'm giving the movie also a B minus instead of a C plus. Uh, I've seen plenty of mob movies over the years, and uh, as a whole, I'm gonna find this movie to be forgettable, um, even if Depp's performance will not be forgettable. But the movie itself, as a whole, uh, it, it's not gonna be one of those I'm gonna keep coming back to when I think about mob movies. So. Uh, you know, being the son of the departed or, uh, you know, uh, departed light, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. So Black Mass, B minus, uh, you know, uh, not great, but but not one I'm going to keep coming back to. Yeah, it's, and, and, and that's a big shock. It really is. Yep. Uh, I'm still just in shock that uh, it wasn't better yep. than it turned out to be. All right, well, I it, really had big expectations I, I, for this, yeah. especially with all the buzz. The I buzz did too. has been so positive. So. Yeah, I did too. Well, cool. Let, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Everest, a movie that uh, that is visually one of the most uh, impressive things I've seen on screen in some while. Let's get your thoughts on this uh, disaster drama. Yeah, uh, definitely. I totally agree with you. Uh, we went to the screening, um, the early screening this week, and I think we were all dazzled. Uh, all of our colleagues were dazzled. I was as well, and we all just sat there in stunned silence at the uh, visual. Of the visuals of the film, it's uh, in IMAX and 3D, and it tells the story of this group of uh, who were uh, attempting to scale Mount Everest, and they essentially get caught in a big, gigantic thunderstorm that leads to tragedy for most of the people involved. Uh, and that's you know, it's it's got all the trappings of a of a disaster film that you know the we the kind we grew up with. Yep. But, uh, you know, the characters are pretty well defined and. Uh, I, I, you just, the only problem was that I heard a lot of people saying, you know, I, I just can't, I can't figure out exactly what the reasoning is for people wanting to put their lives in danger like this. It, it, it's hard for, 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 it was hard for some of the people in the audience uh, to say, I heard them saying that it was just hard for them to get past that. But I guess maybe it's just to say that you've done it. Yep. You know, hey, yep. add that to, as a notch on your belt or whatever. It is, I yeah. Well, scaled Mount Everest. But, uh, again, this is a film that's well cast. Uh, you've, you've just got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in a small part, Josh Brolin. Uh, you've got Robin Wright, formerly Robin Wright Penn. Right, yeah. Uh, you've got Emily Watson, and those are just a few yeah. of the people yeah. who are in the film. Yeah. I'm just, Huge cast, huge cast. Yeah, basically... But, yeah, it's, it's a very tense, exciting film. It's a, uh, uh, I, this is the kind of film that uh, must be seen in the theater. That phrase oh, yes. definitely rings oh, true. Yes. And it's the first film I've seen since Gravity that uh, really 
cannot be duplicated on, on the small screen. You, yeah. you, if you wait till this thing comes out on on home video or your Netflix, or you're going to stream it on your little portable device, you might as well just not even watch it. Yes, it's, it's, it's not even worth your time. You're not going to get near the experience. So, see it in 3D, see it in IMAX, if possible. Uh, Everest gets a solid B plus from me. So. Good deal. Yeah, this, this movie it, it, it took my breath away. Um, it's it's based on a fascinating true story of survival. Uh, in the midst of unsurmountable odds, you know, uh, trying to trying to scale, like you said, something that seems unscalable. Um, I, I thought the movie did a great job capturing the fear, the suffering, the challenges, and even the real-life conflicts of man versus nature and man versus himself. Unlike anything I'd seen in quite a while. Um, it's a disaster film, but it is based on a couple of books, Left for Dead and also Into Thin Air. Uh, visually stunning uh, and captivating. You and I can't say enough about that. Uh, I did feel like it started off a little, little bit slow, almost like a how-to story, how to climb a mountain, yeah. um, with the introductions of a lot of characters. But at the halfway point, it felt like a different film. Um, and you know, the, the, one of the things that I really liked, Adam, was you, you kind of had these conflicts of nature, but the conflicts visually. I mean, you've got these sweeping, magnificent, snow-swept mountain vistas that you're just your your breath is taken, and then you know. A little while later, all of a sudden, those same so snow-swept vistas are, are covering you, and you're you're it's claustrophobic. So right. it, because you're trapped under those same mounds of snow when that devastation hits, and I thought that was really visually um, brilliant, the way they were able to capture that, and um, that I just love absolutely love that. And I did feel that this one of those films that really, really did have three acts. Um, you know, you see the kind of that challenge to survive dominate Act Three. Um, you know, it's not a film that I felt was a big character-driven piece. While there was some great character development, I didn't feel it was character-driven. I felt it was much more story-driven, the story of nature uh, and the power of that, and the reality that sometimes the conflict of, of the conflict overcomes the character uh, or can overcome character. That's what I felt when I was watching this film. Um, we've, we've, you've mentioned this. I'm going to mention it as well. You've got to watch this on the big screen from a visual standpoint. Uh, the rich cinematography um, really, really, really um, overtakes this film where other elements might fail it, but the cinematography and the visuals are absolutely stunning. Uh, I'm giving Everest an A-. minus. Um, well worth checking out. You've got to check it out on the big screen. Um, I, was, I was really, really blown away by this film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good deal. So. Well, um, we've got, it looks like we've got time. Let me uh, give some thoughts on another faith-based film that hits theaters this weekend, Captive. Uh, this movie's based on a true story of an incident that happened in 2005 when a woman was taken hostage by a murderer and a convicted rapist. Uh, you know, you, you think that, that, that all odds are against her, but somehow she finds a way to survive the ordeal by reading aloud from uh, Rick Warren, who is a, a best-selling author who wrote a book called The Purpose-Driven Life, she reads from this book aloud to the captor, and something from this book speaks to the criminal, uh, has an impact on this life-or-death struggle. I'm not going to give a whole lot more away, but uh, David Yellow stars um, as the, uh, the criminal. Uh, you may remember him as Martin Luther King from last year's Selma. He was brilliant in that. He's brilliant in this. Uh, also, he was in uh, Nightingale, uh, a great performance in that, if you haven't seen that. Kate Mara stars uh, as the, uh, the, the cat, uh, as the, um, the hostage. She's, uh, you may remember her from this year's uh, Less Than Fantastic Four film. Um, she stars in this. You know, it's a dark and gritty film. Um, it's not preachy, 
Uh, it's not a film that's really focused on Christian audiences. Uh, it's, a, it's a story of, it's a Christian story, but this is one that's more of a mainstream. Um, overall, the story's about regret, second chances, and hope. It's well acted, uh, a very well executed crime drama. It does have a few hiccups along the way, but it's worth viewing. Uh, Captive gets a, uh, a solid B from me, and um, you know we've got the three films that are true story based on true story films hitting theaters this weekend, which is kind of a rare rarity for all three to to hit in uh, in wide release at the same time. But uh, those are my thoughts on Captive uh, opening in uh, 800 plus theaters this weekend. Now Everest, just to let you know, will only be in 546 IMAX theaters this weekend. Uh, the other films in wide release, Black Mass, 3,000 plus, and Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, in 3,700 theaters. Uh, you can probably count on that being the number one film this weekend. Uh, Adam, we actually do have a minute and a half, so you want to give any uh, any final thoughts, any final words before we wrap up? Um, I, I don't really have anything um, that... Um that I can think, or can okay. think of at the moment. Right. Uh, how about you? I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Well, I'll tell you what, give me, uh, give me uh, two Blu-ray uh, releases or uh, releases uh, that are out on uh, In Demand that, uh, that you want to recommend. Well, um, we've got, well, there's uh, the Glenn Campbell film has finally made its way. I don't know if we talked about that, but the Glenn Campbell I'll Be Me is now out. Uh, there's a great documentary out about the, uh, the, the Superman film that was doomed uh, that Tim Burton was supposed to direct. Um, the Death of Superman Lives, that's out now. And there's a documentary also about the doomed 1996 Island of Dr. Moreau film. Uh, it's called um, Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of uh, Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. So all three of those are great documentaries that have recently been released in the last month. So I would recommend any of those. Okay, and I'm going to recommend uh, a film called The Man Who Saved the World. It's a uh, feature documentary film uh, that's based on a true story. Uh, the Soviet Air Defense Forces and uh, a near disaster uh, that happened back in 1983 uh, when uh, the fate of the world was in the hands of a very unlikely person. So I'm going to recommend that. Uh, the movie, uh, you, can, uh, you can actually, it's from Denmark, but uh, it's worth checking out. It's a documentary, so actually a feature documentary um, by a Danish director by the name of Peter Anthony. Uh, that is also available this weekend. Well, man, as always, we appreciate you hanging out, talking to us, Adam. We love it, man. Focusnewspaper.com is where you can find out more information on Adam. You can go to our Facebook page, and uh, you can al always go to wgwg.org and link to our reviews from there, which uh, will take you to SoundCloud and also iTunes. Uh, until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long, and for this week, that's a wrap.